At the start of every training program, I ask my clients what their vision is for their pet's coexistence. What does it mean to them? Everyone says that they want their cats and dogs to be able to relax in the same room. Usually it's the living room, so everyone can watch TV in the same space, but just to be able to relax in the same room. Everyone tries to start with relaxation, putting their dog in a downstay and rewarding them for not getting up while the cat moves around. And for some pairs of animals, this works. It's kind of the general wisdom of how to start. It's included in feeding them across the door. But it's not the best method for most. So today, you're going to come with me as we dive into some relaxation. Cue the incense and the fluffy pillows and the spa music. Ooh, I'd love some spa music right now. But we're not getting spa music. It's the regular theme music. Okay, relaxation. So first of all, what is it? When you ask the Google machine, it says that relaxation is a state of being that is free from tension and anxiety. So I'm a really anxious human myself, and so apparently I don't have much experience with relaxation. I get glimpses. So when we talk about tension and anxiety, we're talking about two different things. Tension is more of a physical thing. Releasing of muscle tightness, lower respiratory rates, some very physical manifestations of getting rid of tension. Anxiety is more of a mental thing. The anticipation of something happening, something that is potentially aversive or even just something exciting, something that's going to raise the respiratory rate and you're poised to do something. Now, importantly, relaxation is not sleeping. It's in a relaxed state. You're still able to take in the world around you, triggers and distractions. You're just much more likely to be able to experience those things and then just let them roll off of you. So because tension is a physical thing, it is a behavior that we can observe and work on and train to make it a stronger behavior. So what's awesome is that there is a brain-body connection. So if we tackle the tension part of relaxation first, then the anxiety part often follows. Now, if you are a human who has ever freaked out about something, which most of us have, you know that you can't relax when someone tells you to relax. In fact, it usually makes you less relaxed. Calm down! Uh, usually makes you kind of, you know, tense up. But how do you help someone relax? Instead of telling them to and cueing them to, you can offer some different cues in the environment. You can set the stage for relaxation to happen. So that's what we can do with our animals. And importantly, before we work on them being able to relax together, which is where so many people start, we really have to help them learn to relax on their own. So, so many different trainers teach relaxation in different ways, but here's how I do it. I've developed a cat-dog version of Dr. Karen Overall's protocol for relaxation, and I'll link her version in the show notes. 
So the cat-dog relaxation protocol is centered on the concept of an offered settle. Again, this is not a cued behavior like we might think of a downstay or a place. A mat comes out and lying down on the mat is calmly reinforced. So it's captured and is consistently reinforced. If the animal gets up off the mat, nothing happens. And they are in no way required to go lay down on the mat or to continue to stay laying down on the mat around distraction, their triggers that are too much for them. So in this way, it's not a place or a downstay. I train place or downstay as go lay down on your bed or cot or couch, spot, whatever. Whatever that spot is, it has to always be available so you can send them to it. And stay there until you hear your release cue or some other known cue like come or touch. I use place as an interrupter cue for safety. So if the shit is hitting the fan and I need some animal to get out of the way and stay there until the issue is resolved. So it's a go, stay, and you're going to stay there until whatever is happening is under control and then you can come back out and have some freedom. So in that case, I don't really care as much about whether the animal is relaxed while they're on their place. And honestly, they probably aren't relaxed because big stuff was usually happening before I cue it. Um, Obviously, I don't only use it in that situation where it becomes an emergency. You want to use it in other more (laughs) real life typical scenarios um, to strengthen that behavior, but that's a whole nother episode. So because the relaxation state of the animal isn't really important uh, in my definition of place. That's why working on relaxation as a skill is a totally different kettle of fish. Okay. (laughs) Apparently I'm uh, an 80 year old grandma, but that's okay. So back to the offered settle. Um, The mat goes down. Reinforcement happens on the mat. Now, I always use food for this behavior. Toys tend to be too exciting. And so I use a calm marker, good, and deliver the treat as room service. Thank you to Hannah Brannigan for the analogy of room service versus takeout. Um, I will try to find one of her episodes where she talks about that and link it in the show notes. So the animal knows when they hear good that they don't have to get up. The reinforcement opportunity is coming to them. So they are able to maintain whatever relaxed posture they were in. So through this, you reinforce the offered behavior of laying down when the mat is presented. You get up to about 15 seconds of chilling on the mat between reinforcement. So between mark and treat. The mat goes down, good, treat between paws wait for 15 seconds, mark and reinforce. And at that point you can toss a treat off the mat and wait for them to come back. Or you can ask for something, continued relaxation. So if your gut is telling you that your animal during this 15 seconds is on the brink of bouncing up, their body looks tense, 
you should continue to work on duration for a little longer until you can feel true <sighs> distilled, um, dis dissipated tension in their bodies. But if your pet is happily stuck on the mat for that 15 seconds and they are not showing any kind of um, inclination to hop up, then you're actually ready to add distractions and approximations of their triggers to this relaxation behavior. And this is where the brilliance of the cat-dog relaxation protocol comes in. Because all of the distraction slash trigger approximations that you need to work on in order to help your animal relax around the other animal, those are written out for you. So you don't have to think about how to systematically introduce them into the relaxation behavior because you've got 10 sets of tasks of distractions already laid out. It's pretty great. <laughs> it's taken me a long time to make it happen. So I'm really excited that you guys will have access to it. So here's how it goes. So the mat goes down, just like we did before. Mat goes down, good. Treat between paws. Then you do whatever the distraction is that's written down. So let's say um, in the early days, it's something like take two steps back and return. And the animal is staying on the mat while you do that. So you mark good and reinforce. And then you move on to the next task. The animal's staying on the mat while you're doing all this weird stuff. At the end of the session, you toss a treat off of the mat, pick up the mat, and you're good. So that's if everything goes ideally, they never get up, they never look tense, um, it never goes that way. But here's what you do if they get restless, restless during the movement or task that you're doing, the distraction. You would still mark and reinforce. And then for the next repetition, instead of moving on to the next task, you would try again with the previous one that they were getting restless on, but make it easier. So you might only take one step back. At any point, if they get up off the mat, that's cool. I just wait to see if they re-offer the settle. If they do decide to the, come to back to the mat, wonderful. I mark and reinforce. And then I would try a tiny little version of the task that was really difficult for them that caused them to get up. And if they get up again, cool. That's rule of two, two errors, quote unquote errors. We're going to then ask for something super easy and then end the session. We toss a scatter away from the mat, pick up the mat, put it away so we can try again later after we've kind of analyzed what went wrong in that particular task. So cool. What's the point of all of this? I want my animals to be able to relax around each other. Why are we harping on being able to relax by themselves? It seems like some work. I don't like work. Well, <laughs> It's so important because we are teaching each of our animals, so both the cats and the dogs, that when the opportunity to relax presents itself, they can take advantage of it and it pays off for them. And relaxing is a pretty easy behavior. It doesn't take a lot of effort. And so the amount of reinforcement that they get in ratio to the effort that they're expending is really high. So it becomes a really nice uh, behavior for them to offer. And not only can they take advantage of the opportunity to relax, 
to relax and get reinforced for it, that they can stay relaxed even when weird stuff is happening around them. Stuff like meows and stuffed animals being moved throughout the room and the other animal's name being said. And those are just some examples from the protocol. They can just hang out on their mat if they want, watch the strange stuff happening, take it in, let it wash over them, and they don't need to become tense or anxious about it because it's not really affecting them. It's just a thing that happens. And they can look at it, look away, shift their weight, whatever. Nothing, no big deal. So the more experience they have with that on their own, then when you get to actually use the offered settle behavior on the mat during setups, when the animals are in the same space, they are so much more likely to be successful, to be able to remain relaxed when the other animal does something because they've already had a bunch of experience remaining settled through stuff that's kind of similar. Whew. Okay, so the first mistake people make is not practicing the relax settle as a behavior nearly enough with each pet on their own before trying to put them together. Or they only practice it with one of the animals and not the other. Or they try to use a downstay or place behavior and that doesn't lend itself to less tension to practicing being not tense around the other animal. And I find that using a place or a downstay often tends to create actually more like spring-loaded animals when they are finally released. So that's not really the behavior we want. So the second mistake is a really big one. And it's what I see as the main reason that a lot of people fail when they're trying to get their pets to settle around each other, when it's kind of the one of the first steps of integration. All the stuff you read on the internet, it really just says like, get them to hang out around each other. And again, that might work for some combinations of animals, but for a lot, it doesn't. And that's why you guys are listening to this podcast. <laughs> so one of the big, the big mistake is that they are asking a space reducing animal to settle right off the bat. So, okay, what do I mean by a space reducing animal? So this is an animal that if they see a distraction or a trigger, they want to move towards that thing. Importantly, it doesn't really matter if they are moving towards the thing because the thing is scary and they want it to go away or because the thing is so excited and they just like need to check it out right now. Um, they just are compelled to move towards it. And asking a space reducing animal to settle in the face of their triggers or distractions is ridiculously hard. Um, that is a very advanced behavior to expect of them. And their natural inclination when they see a trigger or a distraction is to move. Okay, so you might be saying, all right, Naomi, animals who choose flight, or what I tend to call space-seeking animals, they also want to move, right? So why is this specific to space-reducing animals? Why is settling easier for space-seeking animals? during these setups? Well, okay. 
if we've set up the setup, <laughs> set up the setup with a distance that's calibrated correctly for the animal's threshold, then a space-seeking animal already has the space that they seek. So they're far enough away that if you ask them to settle, they are much more able to take in the trigger or distraction from a relaxed position because their motivation to move isn't there anymore. But a space-reducing animal, if you give them a lot of space, just wants to move forward towards the trigger or distraction. And we can't allow that because that behavior is usually like really scary <laughs> for the other animal to have like this other, you know, just like someone barreling at them. Um, that's not usually conducive to a positive, relaxed relationship around each other. So, all right. If we can't ask our space reducing animals to settle right off the bat, what do we do instead? So, for those space-reducing animals, you don't want to start by asking them to settle. You start with asking them to move around the space while they're occupied by something other than the trigger or distraction. So it usually looks something like stations, multiple different enrichment activities that they can attend to around the space so that they're not just like, staring or like barreling towards the trigger or distraction. You might also use um, tr uh, like known cues, like touch, move from here to there. You can use place in this scenario. If you're just trying to get them to be able to move around the space in a way that's just not towards the other animal, that's a skill that you need to be able to have before you ask them to settle. So you're basically reinforcing them for being able to move away from the trigger of the distraction, for disengaging from them before they're actually going to be able to relax around the other one. So once they are good at that, being able to move around and not getting focused, fixated on the, um, the trigger of the distraction, then you can introduce settling into your setups. And so many clients come to me with the combination of space reducing dogs and space seeking cats. And they, when I say, what have you already tried to, to work on with them? They say that they are trying to get the space reducing dog to relax around the cat. And it just doesn't work. I mean, even if the dog is staying still, you can see that their body is tense, their eyes are darting all around or they're like laser focused on the cat and, and they're definitely not relaxed. They might be learning to not move towards the cat, but they're not getting the skills that they need to be able to live together without such intense human interference. And so if that's your case, if you have a space reducing dog and a space seeking cat, I suggest working on relaxation as a separate skill with the other animal not around for both the cat and the dog and only bring it into the realm of your setups when it is fluent and they've shown that they can disengage from the other animal while moving first. 
so for a lot of people, this is like mind blown. So if you're like, whoa, this is what has been missing in my training with my cat and dog. I can't believe that this is just coming to me now. I should totally try it. So don't fear. I have something for you. So I've developed the cool as a cucumber challenge. I do love alliteration, which takes you through my version, the cat dog version of the relaxation protocol with each of your animals. And it has written instructions, it has demo videos, and it has its own space in the cat and dog coexistence club, where if you are part of the challenge, you can submit videos for feedback from me and your peers, and you can chat with other people who are working through the same program. And it is everything that you need to be super successful at nailing down this essential skill of relaxation so that you can later use it in your setups. So if you're like, yes, I want that, wonderful, head over to praiseworthypets.com slash challenge to get a spot. And if you have any questions or you want some clarification or you just want to talk relaxation, cool. DM me on Instagram at praiseworthypets. And I'm so excited to see how you all make progress through this challenge. And I know that you'll love it. So that is all from me, you wonderful cat and dog people. See you next week for another episode of It's Training Cats and Dogs.